catch it this year never fear we usually i got you covered with our festival series and it's also an annual festival so you can go and check them out next year on today's show we sat down with three very uniquely talented but also three very different acts we have the thundering vocals of sydney riley the soothing melodic voice of milo and the pop punk inspired indie rocker frankie flowers Starting off our show with today is the song Darkness by Milo.
Now, even I, as a twin, will admit, it's hard to be in two places at once. And so, Weezhu and I decided to split up to cover more ground. I interviewed Milo, Weezhu interviewed Sydney Riley, and we teamed up to interview Frankie Flowers together. We're ever so grateful for these ladies for not only agreeing to be on our show, but for opening up about their music and lives as well. I sincerely hope you enjoy getting to know them as much as we usually and I did during our conversations. So sit back, relax, and we hope you enjoy today's episode. Our first stop is none other than Milo. Uh, yeah. So my name is Milo, and I am a singer-songwriter, um, and I've been doing music for about eight years now, like as a career. Um, but I've been singing my whole life, so it's always been a passion of mine. When I meet Milo on June 16th, it is a beautiful late spring, early summer day. Milo is wearing a gorgeous brown gown with her braids done up on a ponytail and makeup to match. We're standing out behind the annex and people are just starting to trickle in. It makes for quite a juxtaposition, her standing in her beautiful gown and us practically in an alley. Um, And... Yeah, I started writing music, and it just kind of became something that was really, like, real to me and something that was tangible after the first time I went to a studio session um, and was like, yeah, this is really cool. I should definitely, like, take this more seriously, and I moved to the city and started um, going to music programs, and so I graduated a few music programs, um, and they kind of really launched me into the direction and where I'm at right now. Yeah, yeah. 
I saw um, that you studied or that you were in criminology before. Mm-hmm. Um, was there ever like a part of you that was hesitant to like leave that path and go into music? Or yeah. were you just... I think so when I was in school for criminal justice, it was I was just kind of in school to to do something like yeah. you know you're like raised to believe you have to go straight to school and yeah, like get exactly. a career and all that kind of stuff and um I did always love um working with kids and yeah. I still work with kids um and so I wanted to kind of get into a career that involved working with kids in the criminal justice system oh, yeah. um and so once I left school it was interesting because I actually had a class where this this police officer came in and he basically told us like all the things you have to go through to get into any job in the criminal justice system and it was just so whack to me I was like no honestly like this is not for me you guys don't need to like be in my life like that and so I was just like I'm not doing this Um, and I was already kind of like visiting the city and experiencing like that artist life on the side and so I was like you know what I can take a moment to do yeah. this and if anything I can go back to school yeah, I haven't yeah. yet but uh, I'm it's definitely something that I would still want to do in the future yeah, yeah yeah and I feel like you definitely get like education from different places it's not just yeah. like in school like, exactly for sure yeah although both Milo and Sydney Riley have had music flowing in and out of their lives for the past few years for Milo her musical journey was one that in some ways really got its launch from deciding to leave school but interestingly enough, Sydney Riley, as the Sydney Riley we know now, started in almost the exact opposite way. It goes back to her grade school talent show. All right, uh, well, uh, I grew up with my dad playing guitar all the time. He's a really big John Prine fan, um, so he would always be playing guitar like around a campfire or whatever. Um, so one day, uh, I, I used the radio to as an alarm for school and stuff. So one day, I, I picked up the guitar and tried to learn a song by uh, Metallica. Oh, really? <laughs> um, nothing else matters. Yeah, it's actually pretty easy for the most part. Um, so that was like the first song I ever actually learned on guitar. I taught myself tabs um, with that, and I've always been into music. I, I played the clarinet, and then. I started playing the bass clarinet after that, which was like still my favorite instrument ever. I just like love it so much. It's like the cello, but better. <laughs> I always, always want to play with the bass clarinet, but I always just play the clarinet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like it was like, I don't know, they would send you over there if you like weren't that good, but you had the lungs for it, you know? <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of how I got into it. And then um, when I was in high school, I, I tried to do the talent show and I, I didn't have any friends, so I made a little track for my background and I ended up being completely out of sync <laughs> with it and it was so humiliating and I remember like crying in the music and computers classroom after and um, at the end of that day one of the teachers came up to me and she told me uh, her two sons have started busking during the summers um, with the town and she told me like hey you're really good you should try doing that so that's kind of how I got into performing for people yeah. after <laughs> like kind of a traumatizing performance and then yeah, kind of. <laughs> and then it was only up from there. Um, I I performed around my area, like Wasaga Beach, uh, Collingwood, for probably like eight years until I actually made it into Barrie. And I did a couple contests here and there. And um, 
actually made it into this thing. At the time, they were called the Ontario Musicians Cooperative. And they basically like paid me to uh, busk during the summer, and then I would also be able to attend things, seminars about the music industry, and like real professionals telling you like how to register your songs and stuff like that. So that really helped me. That was kind of a turning point because I met like all the musicians in my band. Actually, I met through that organization, and so we started. Just this last year, I, I actually put together a band, and I was like, I want to do bigger stages. And so we started doing that. We performed at uh, the Queen's Hotel in Barrie. That was like my first band show, basically, like that I created on my own, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then after that, we've just started trying to expand. We played at the Rec Room just a couple days ago, opening for a Toronto artist actually named Fura, who's like amazing. You should definitely check them out. But um, and now we're here. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, for sure. My dad is my biggest fan. He's usually my roadie. He's not here today, but usually he'll come with me and he's uh, the most supportive person ever. He'll start clapping before everyone else does. And yeah, my mom is the same way. Um, she comes when she can. She's a little more busy of a person. But um, And I would also say like, um, I went to a songwriting camp back when I was like 15 and this guy, uh, Rob Lamoff, uh, who is a, a really great musician himself and he's toured around the world. Um, he was a really big inspiration for me and he actually helped me record some very, very early songs uh, back when I was a teenager and that was really inspiring to me and the way he lives uh, a life that doesn't need to be a celebrity but is still very, very successful in what he does and uh, yeah, I that's what I want to be. <laughs> that's what I want to do. <laughs> One thing is like when you were mentioning like back in like high school, that kind of movie stuck out to me was the fact that you said like you didn't have any friends and not like Yeah! Like, oh but yeah. Is that like an alternative thing like in well, I mean, yeah, I, I I did have some friends, but none of them wanted to play guitar with me, and I was always, I, I'm still a very shy person, so I was always too nervous to actually ask the musicians that I knew, um, and I knew all these kids, actually, Gordon, my band's, uh, oh, thank you, Gordon, my band's, he, he was kind of in that group uh, for a while in, like, high school area, and so... He, we, we both have very opposite lives. He's very outgoing. He's been in like 17 bands. And here I am being a solo artist for like over 10 years. And I finally have put together a band. And um, yeah, so that was uh, very hard for me <laughs> to try and get into like with my peers uh, in music. And um, it finally happened. I finally got the courage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, I'm not doing this solo anymore. I need the bigger gigs. Like, yeah. let me in. You know that when you're on like, stage or like for tonight and like any theaters or whatever, I don't know, being nervous about like being. Oh, well, honestly, uh, performing is kind of the only time I don't feel nervous. It's more like these, like interviews <laughs> where I'm, I'm more nervous than anything. And even like trying to talk to the crowd is something I've been trying to work on because yeah. I, I just am bad at that kind of thing. <laughs> so I've been trying to train myself with that sort of stuff. But yeah. even I'm trying to talk to fans more, like people who come up to me after. I, I really want to make a conversation with them, but I have no idea where to start. I'm just one of those people who are, I'm not yeah. good at that. <laughs> yeah. Then in, in a way, do you feel like, I mean, for your songs, because it's like, you're the one who's writing them. Do you feel like that's a, another layer of vulnerability that you're putting in front of? Yeah, I think so. I think that's the way I communicate 
uh, the most with other people. That's the way that doesn't make me super nervous or like anything like that. I think you can get to know me just from my music. Yeah. So your approach to like music and I don't know, just like the power that you put into like your singing and kind of that emphasis, is that kind of the same way that you approach like to like just like bold or do you feel yeah, it's it's a pretty big contrast, I would say. I think it's my outlet for everything I'm feeling. So on the outside, I don't know. I, I think I seem to be probably a pretty shy person to most people. I know. I, th I think <laughs> I'm trying to put it on a little bit more because I do find I'm like pretty low energy as a regular person. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I think that's the way... I don't know, I, I express my energy. I kind of save up my energy for a performance, and then once that's done, I am like out like a light. Yeah. <laughs> Did you really feel again? See how much you wanted it. 
is howling on this dark and dampened night. Am I alone now, or have I simply lost my sight? There's such a pressure in the thick and foggy air, and if I vanished, do you think they'd even care?
Hi again, you're listening to Apps and Sounds here on CGM 99.1 FM, reaching higher ground in Windsor and Detroit. My name is Weedy Mambo, and I hope you're doing well. I'm so glad you're spending your afternoon here with us today, as we've got a few great interviews on today's show. You just heard In the Weeds and Letting Go. In that set, which you might have recognized, were songs that are from artists we've been interviewing today. Weezer and I met with the artists Sydney Riley, Milo, and Frankie Flowers during the North by Northeast Festival here in Toronto and interviewed them for our festival series on our show. A little earlier, we introduced you to Milo and Sydney Riley, but we got one more artist for you. None other than Frankie Flowers. We caught up with her before her gig at the Garrison.
Wish has already come true. CJAM 99.1. Your wish come true. Hey, CJAM listeners. Looking for more ways to connect with CJAM programming? Try streaming CJAM through iHeartRadio. Listen online, download the iHeartRadio app, or use your smart speaker. Okay, Google. Play C-Jam on iHeartRadio. No matter where you are, experience C-Jam FM on higher ground. Music comes out of many different places, whether that be out of grief, joy, sharing a great experience with someone you love, or sitting alone in your garage screaming into the night like Frankie was. And you know, you hear this, you hear it all the time from artists, how they create these amazing, really powerful songs out of these really desperate places. And while I'm always appreciative of individuals who share that part of themselves with their audiences, I always wonder if the cost of doing so means that they have to relive that pain night after night each time they do. So something I'm playing tonight is, it's called Dizzy. It's kind of like a stripped back acapella, just me and a guitar. It's pretty, yeah, very basic beat, super vocal focus. That is pretty much a poem that I wrote after this breakup happened, and then I turned it into a song recently. So it definitely takes me back. Literally just me screaming at the crowd. So. <laughs> yeah, it really brings out the truth. <laughs> this vulnerability of creating work in the midst of these very dark places and using them to learn and grow and come out of it is something that was also very notable in the work of Milo as well. Um, I guess when it comes to musical growth, I think just the relationships that I've been in. Um, whether that's like an emotional relationship or like a um, like a partnership 
or a like business relationship I think all of those things kind of have taught me at different levels of like what I can be and like I think that once I reach a certain um kind of space in those relationships and I know it's like time to level up yeah um I I never like what's the word I never or I always like to appreciate all of those yeah. for what they are yeah for I have a song called The Ropes, and it literally says, thank you for showing me the ropes at the end. And it's, like, appreciating uh, something that didn't work out. Yeah. Um, but, like, understanding that that's where I am now because of that. And that yeah. very much has to do with my music in the sense that all the music I do is very comes from a very emotional place. Yeah. Uh, I was going to ask you about that. Mm-hmm. My oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Oh, I was gonna because uh, in this song, I think it was "Little Lies," yes. your new single. Yes. Um, there was like a part on Bandcamp where you mentioned having gratitude to those lies that like protected you, also, yeah. but also, um, yeah. but also in a way it was like not only being thankful for them, but also mm-hmm. being able to say goodbye. And yes. so yeah. I wonder how do you get to that place where you're able to, yeah. um, I guess, be thankful to the things that you know that mm-hmm. helped you. I out. think I think for myself. Um, I always, you know, try to be, I think I've always tried to be a grateful person, mm-hmm. um, just in the sense that I'm forever learning and yeah. forever growing. And so, um, when, it, when it comes to like those like lies and like, and just like parts of myself that have kind of in a way hurt me, those, a lot of the times those parts have also protected me. And so yeah. I've just kind of learned to kind of um differentiate between like what is like pain and what is growth and like appreciating kind of how a lot of the times my pain is kind of the base of where I grow. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I feel like that sounds so cheesy. No, no, but I know you what know, you mean. You know, yeah. it's like very much like my pain has always been something that I've thrived in in yeah. my whole life. Like I, you know, like I've dealt with depression. I'm still dealing with depression. But for some, in a lot of senses, that, that space, I like thrive in and can yeah. create from that space and yeah. so whenever I'm out of that space I look back and I'm like oh my god I'm super grateful that I experienced that because yeah. what else would I be able to speak about yeah, if not, yeah, yeah. you know yeah yeah I mean I also have a friend who uh, I think he kind of struggles with it like always instead of sometimes pushing himself into a place of pain where mm-hmm. um because it's like that place feels so comfortable Comfortable. yeah Yeah, so it's almost like that finding the balance between those two Mm -hmm. um and also I kind of wonder if um I guess it's like how do you because I think a lot in a lot of your songs it's almost like on one hand there's this freeing aspect of it Mm -hmm. where it's almost like you're yeah letting go of something Mm -hmm. or leaving something behind but also on the other end it's like um I guess it not even wrestling but it almost feels like there's like Mm -hmm. two parts of it how do you like manage to find balance I like that you said that, actually, because I think that's something that I'm always constantly dealing with, um, is that kind of, like, yin and yang within myself, and yeah. that kind of balance between my pain and my growth, and, and and experiencing that, and I think because I'm still in that space, all of my music is always going to have that, yeah. that kind of 
fight uh-huh. between like I'm good now but I'm also kind of like not that good mm-hmm. but I'm like okay you know yeah, what I mean yeah. like everything's okay it's balanced um, and maybe one day I'll have other songs about other things that are just more happy all the time mm-hmm. but more times it's like it's just my constant um, kind of like shifting between good and bad within yeah. myself yeah, kind yeah. of thing yeah. would you say like that's the kind of a Maybe like the theme of what of kind yeah. of I don't know if that's like a chapter, but in the music that you're going to be writing or have mm-hmm. been writing lately or anything. That's 100 percent the theme, yeah. and I'm so glad that you said that because yeah. I never thought about it that way. Okay. But yeah, it's very much that like teetering. Yeah. On, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The next song we're going to perform is about everyone's favorite unrequited love. Uh, this one is called Pretend.
Let's roll the across all the rivers and crash through the salted shores. Where they all go, no one really seems to know. We say they all float to the core.
You are tuned in to Absent Sounds here on CJAM 99.1 FM. My name is Weenie Mambo and welcome back to another episode today. The three songs we played for you in that set were Pretend, Where the Wind Blows, and Psychedelic Sunshine. I almost mispronounced that because in my notes I wrote Psychedelic Sunshine because I don't know how to spell psychedelic. But those amazing songs were from the three artists we are interviewing for you today. On this week's show, we're playing through some interviews we usually and I did a few weeks ago with the artists Milo, Frankie Flowers, and Sydney Riley during NXNE. Let's jump right in. I have to be going through something usually to be writing. Like, I can't write when I'm inspired. I usually just try to close my eyes and kind of think about what's going on regarding to, like, specific relationships in my life or whoever. Like, yeah. so outside, do you have, like, a specific relationship that, like, you think of automatically? Well, <laughs> yeah, this one. My partner's been a big influence for some of the stuff now. I would say mostly that because I'm in a pretty healthy place. So a lot of the traumas in the past and has been written about, yeah, yay for healthy headspaces. They're rare. <laughs> it's nice, yeah. One of the things we kind of always go back to is, like, the idea of, like, you have to be in... A toxic space to create art or things? Oh, that, yeah. Yeah. I kind of think to make art, you in some capacity have to be a little unwell. <laughs> like, at some point. I don't want to generalize. I just feel like art rarely comes from a place of feeling good. It depends. Some beautiful stuff can stem from that, but at least for me, this is speaking on myself. Yeah. It's been helpful. It's been a kind of a cathartic release for me to just go through what I've gone through. And then, I don't know. It makes it all feel worth it. Kind of in the end. Yeah. As much I am in a way healthier place to have music as an outlet, it is a constant kind of thing. Yeah. It's, uh, everything's very good, but I think when you have those things, you're going to struggle with probably your whole life. But it's important to kind of make friends with your because then you can make art out of it and yeah hopefully help but yeah as good as things are it is still yeah it's more a mindset thing right seeing what you can make out of it as opposed to letting yourself become a victim of your circumstances yeah when you said victim of your circumstances it was like I think when you mentioned like depression music and like stuff like that, I know I could be the person to be like, oh, 
like bruise and like fits of sadness and like yeah, yeah. Me you too. Yeah. I do too. Trust me. It's something I have to constantly tell myself to try to break out of. And this has given me a really good reason. I'm gonna see a light. Wow, I feel like it's getting so deep. <laughs> One of the most amazing parts about the whole festival itself is getting the chance to listen to and see some pretty cool Canadian acts whom you might have not had the chance to see otherwise. Getting these artists in front of audiences for a reasonable price is not only something that concertgoers such as myself love, but also the artists themselves. Um, and I think what is like anything that you're like taking out of the festival? Oh my gosh, I'm just riding the high. I feel like... <laughs> Even the swag bag we got was so validating. I was like, oh my god, guys, we made it. Like, this is awesome. So, <laughs> I'm just I'm taking it all in and uh, hoping for more things like this in the future, for sure. Music. Uh, music is 110% right now. Yeah. I just kind of want to chase this full force and hopefully see something come of it, whatever that means. I kind of just want to keep playing shows. I would love to play festivals, so like Nine is a good one, and then, oh man, just worldwide, I want to do festivals. Yeah, that's my dream. Oh, come on. <laughs> I wish. Pitchfork, Coachella. Who knows? Who knows? I was shooting for the stars, truly. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm excited about this performance in general because it's my first time performing with a full band um, Ooh, okay, and yeah. something I've wanted to do since the beginning of my career. Yeah. Um, and we worked really hard and we sound amazing. So I'm very excited to be presenting that at North by Northeast um, in the city that kind of made me start my career. Mm-hmm. Um, but after this, I'm excited because I'm kind of doing a little tour now so like my career is definitely like hitting a point where it's like a lot more exciting things are happening and exciting things that I can expand into different places in the Mm -hmm. world um and so yeah lots of things coming new single dropping June 23rd it was cool to get to hear about what the festival means to each of them individually but also what their plans for the future were too well, I think this is our biggest thing so far. I'm trying to get into more town festivals, so we'll see what happens there. I'm still waiting to hear back, but yeah, we um, Collingwood, hopefully, uh, Wasaga Beach, Barrie. I really want to get back into Toronto, actually. I'm hoping to submit to the Painted Lady, so like, shout out if anyone from there is listening. <laughs> Please call me. <laughs> yeah, I uh, just want to expand as much as we can. Um, I'm not used to playing on big stages, so I, I want to do that as much oh, yeah. as possible now. <laughs> yeah. And like over the pandemic, I mean, not that it's over, but like, yeah, yeah. Was that, were you, did you do anything like um, yeah, I did some live streams. Uh, I was working with that organization, uh, the Ontario Musicians Co-op, for like the summer of 2020 and 2021. Uh, yeah, so we were doing a lot of live streams, and I, I've been writing like crazy. So I'm hoping to release something by like the end of summer, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. uh, but we've also been, like, I know there's like a couple organizations that you mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you feel like that, like Canada had like a good base for that? At least. I, I like if you had asked me that five years ago, yeah. I would have said no. <laughs> but yeah, that co-op has meant so much to me, and I keep going back to them for 
all of my problems, which they are able to solve almost immediately. I just, I trust, I mean, Tori, the leader of that is just the most amazing person and such an incredibly uh, giving person. And <laughs> sometimes she gives too much of her time, but um, I, I really appreciate her for everything she's done um, to help me and all the tools I've been given from that thing to to be able to build an EPK, to be able to like have a nice website that people actually will take the time to look at. Um, yeah, it's been incredible these past four years, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Can you talk, well, you just go talk about it a little bit? Sure. Yeah. Um, I, I contacted Michael Jack. He he worked with the Trues before, and I always really liked their sound. I liked um, the way it was produced, and it seemed very uh, not overproduced, which I, I do find like some music these days is. So I was trying to look for something that would elevate my music, but it would also uh, stay true to my values. So I contacted him and he was amazing and so incredibly friendly and kind and he helped me a lot. He had his friend uh, Chris Tomchak uh, help out on the guitar and bass and I couldn't have asked for a better musician for that. He was so, he, he picked up the vibe almost instantly and he, he wrote these bass parts and guitar parts within a matter of minutes and it was just a really incredible experience, yeah. Yeah, it was really awesome and uh, quicker than I ever thought it would be. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I record demos in my own home. Um, I'm not great at production, which is why I have to get other people to do it. But um, it used to be I would go and spend a day at a, a producer's place or, or whatever, and we would sort of uh, start from the ground up, and I would get like a drummer to sort of lay those down and then I would go into the studio and actually do everything else but I was really happy to have other people on the project so that they could give me their ideas and it, it just ended up so awesome. <laughs> J-A-M-F-M 99.1 CJAM.ca Community Radio Bridging Boundaries in Windsor, Detroit If you could save a life one day, would you? In Ontario, there are over 1,600 people waiting for a life-saving organ transplant right now. Every three days, one of these people will die while waiting. By taking just two minutes to register as an organ donor, you can save up to eight lives and transform 75 more through tissue donation. What you decide to do today has the power to make a lasting impact. Join millions of other registered organ donors in Ontario and give hope to those waiting. Register at beadonor.ca. Hearing about their processes, headspace, and the new projects each individual was working on also highlighted the unique ways that the festival represented a different arc in each of their musical journeys. 
for Frankie Flowers, whose musical career really kickstarted during the pandemic, performing live in front of the audience is something that I personally was really excited for her to do. And so I know that like for your album coming out soon, I'm not sure what. Yeah, yeah. Um, is it going to be a lot, of, a lot of the things that you're going to put on it from that era, or some of the stuff coming from this movie? Yeah, so I would say I'm pretty excited because there's a lot of newer stuff that kind of more so aligned with where I'm at now, even just sonically. Everything is more... It took me a while to find the direction I wanted this to go. It's been a very quick process, but everything, like second half of the set is kind of the newer stuff. Yeah, so it's going to be kind of more of that stuff, and then some of the stuff I already have out will be on it too, like history and like world setting. Like, and also, like, when you're on stage, do you feel, it's a pretty vulnerable, like, being out yeah. there and talking to people, well, not only talking to people, but, like, in between sets, and, yeah. like, having to, like, explain yourself, do you feel like that's a little too much ever? Honestly, not really. Yeah. Mostly because this is one of, like, the first shows I've done, honestly, so I'm just kind of getting into the whole... Yeah, jive of it all. Yeah, yeah, this is honestly like my third show. So. I don't, I would not believe you. Really? <laughs> I would not believe you. Yeah, yeah, and one was in like a grungy little basement. Yeah. The other was for Kenny Hoopla, who's like my favorite artist of all time. But. So it's kind of made me ready for this, I think. So what kind of your Good, I'm excited. Yeah, I used to attend this festival like every year. So. I'm really excited to kind of be playing it. I've seen some pretty dope people here. Do you have any like Ooh. Ooh, there's some local people from my hometown who I've yet to see perform. Living Room for Small. So oh, I was looking at them. Yeah, yeah. I have not seen them perform yet, and I would like to. I know I'm trying to think of other people. On the tip of my tongue. That's the main one. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I plan on doing like a whole kind of circuit that would be sweet. Yeah, and I'm gonna stay till the end of tonight for sure. Okay, so how do you define well, it? Well, it looks like, because I know you're starting off now, but uh, if you have to think of like what you picture success for this project success for me has always been if I can get one single person to kind of relate to anything I'm doing, I'm gonna feel good and happy about it. Not making things that I think everybody's gonna like. I just need it to be a release for myself that makes me feel better at the end of the day. And then hopefully I want it to touch somebody and help them through what they're going through. That's the main thing. Yeah, just have somebody feel a little more heard. Oh, Joy Division. Yeah. Or it was The Cure. That was what you said. Yeah, The Cure, Joy Division, The Smiths. Yeah, one of my songs is a Smiths cover. So anything from that kind of era has really kind of made a home in my head as of lately. I can't get enough of it. Uh, modern acts, I'd say the neighborhood has always really inspired me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Depression. <laughs> She said, I think you're really cool And I wanna get to know you Maybe you 
Tell me how you want it, babe. I can try and give you that. Make you come running back. I hope you remember it forever. Anything you need is like, you know I'ma conquer that. Love it when you arch your back. Let me up inside of that. Lay it on me, baby. Hold me for the night. I wanna put it on you, my way. Till the morning lights so go. Lay it on me.
songs were Girls with Boyfriends 1440, which is Milo's latest release. And then we had I Am the Ocean by Sydney Riley. You're listening to Absent Sounds here on CJAM. Now, because Weez and I were doing these interviews in person, that meant we could physically see the amazing outfits of each of these performers. And let me tell you, they were amazing. There was Frankie Flowers with her beautiful pink hair, as well as this matching pants and jacket that was pretty much graffiti. I wish I could buy something like that, but I definitely could not pull it off as well as she could. Then there was Sydney Riley with her amazing mullet dyed blue and incredible makeup skills, and Milo with her beautiful Hollywood gown. It was quite a sight to behold. Well, yeah, I mean, kind of, the whole EP is called Water, and I was raised in Wasaga Beach, so it made sense for my hair to have a lot of blue tones, um, and then it just happened to be Pride Month, so, and I'm out bisexual, like I have been since I was like 12, so uh, I just thought it was appropriate to have the bi flag in my hair, and now I match my cat, because she's gray, yeah, <laughs> so... Uh, Asha, yeah. We call her kitten, though. That's the only way she responds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's what it is. The blue has always been a thing, you know, water. <laughs> Straightforward. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, growing up by the beach, that was kind of all I think about, and it's a great way to... Uh, manifest your feelings I guess you know like anger is a lightning storm on an ocean kind of thing with like the lighthouse getting like overpowered and stuff yeah I think right now oh um, I think I would be like a cool like Muskoka lake water like chilling for the meantime and yeah yeah <laughs> Um, I guess kind of on a uh, flipping gears a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that I really, really love about your stuff is like always, not even just like your Instagram aesthetic, but like yeah. also just like the colors that you use on your like 
oh on your on your covers. <laughs> it's like very uh, what's the word uh, intentional almost yes, with it. Yeah. Um, is there uh, something that you constantly uh, draw inspiration from that you kind of like look to with those, or is it just like yeah. what's the I think behind so it's interesting because I have like many different personalities yeah. in myself but I think for Milo as as an artist mm-hmm. I think I draw a lot of um, inspiration from like old Hollywood mm-hmm. and like just really like vintage old lady vibes yeah. like that's what I like to call it like with the pearls and like the like so. silk clothes mm-hmm. and like um, just really kind of like put together but subtly yeah. and just like nicely so I think that's kind of where the Milo aesthetic comes yeah. from, for yeah. sure. And uh, it's interesting that you kind of mentioned like Milo's like a character because I was wondering about mm-hmm. that too. Um, do you ever feel like it helps you? Because I know your music is really vulnerable, and yeah. like I think the authentic- authenticity is like really what draws you in to it. But also like I guess it can be. I mean, at least I know for myself, it can be really uncomfortable to be vulnerable with other people. Yeah. Does it help to have like the Milo person be? Absolutely. Per- yeah, I think because I'm able to turn on Milo, I'm able to be, like, this confident version of myself. Yeah. Um, whereas, like, when I'm just me at home, yeah. um, I'm very much, you know, not my artist name, if you know mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just, like, I, I am very much, I guess there's an am- a word for it now, ambivert, but I'm very oh, much, like... Yeah. Uh, often like an introvert I just mm-hmm. like kind of stick to myself and I'm shy and I'm awkward as hell um, but when I turn on Milo I'm able to like be this like powerful like excited confident glowing version of myself yeah. and so I think that's kind of the only way I was able to like do music was to mm-hmm. like really like be like okay this is my character that I'm putting on and it's not a character in the sense where it's not me it's still yeah, me yeah. it's just like the ultimate version yeah, 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 of what I sure. want to be and I can't be that all the time. Yeah. So I get to be it in my music. Yeah, that, yeah. that's so. That makes cool. I like the way you kind of like brings that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you find that? Do you think if little you was to look at you now, if that would be like the person that would be like that you'd want to be from that? Um, I never actually thought about that. I definitely do think that little me would be very like proud mm-hmm. and just like excited about what I'm yeah. doing because I think I'm still the excited shy awkward girl that I was Mm -hmm. um and being and I think if I saw that I could be this Milo character yeah yeah I think yeah I think it would be really cool I think she'd be like damn girl As we near the end of our interviews and likewise near the end of our show Weezer and I had a few more light but thoughtful questions for each artist um, I would say, like, right now, uh, this is definitely, like, a point in my life where I'm like, okay, I can I can do this for a living, like, getting into a festival like this, especially in Toronto, it was, like, kind of unreachable for a while there, so I'm, I'm really proud that we've been able to do that, and I also got nominated for some Josie Awards, uh, which I'm going to Nashville in October, so that was, like, a huge milestone, I was like, oh my goodness, people actually know who I am. Um, so that was huge. I think in the future I'd like to get out of the province maybe and try to see some of beautiful Canada. And <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping to make my way over to Nova Scotia soon. So try and 
you know, grow some roots there and make my way back down to Ontario eventually. And I think that's that's what I got for the future for now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? My my cover was Peggy's Cove after a huge hurricane happened, so I was kind of inspired by a photo that I ended up repainting and kind of like putting lightning in or whatever, make it more dramatic. But yeah, uh, Peggy's Cove is a huge a huge deal for me, and I have a lot of family there, so. Uh, getting to see Nova Scotia, I actually went a couple of years ago, and it was—it's just a magical place. Like, really, it is so lovely. Um, I just feel so at home there. <laughs> yeah. Do you have, like, what are the fondest memories that you have? Uh, I would say uh, my partner and I drove along the Cabot Trail in Cape Breton, and that was just incredible. We went in like May, and it was still just beautiful, and there were like icebergs and like seals you could hear seals just like talk it was so cute and oh my god it's just a really really cool place and i can't wait to get back <laughs> yeah. well i'd really like to do a tour um so <laughs> if my band lets me uh i'm gonna put them through that <laughs> and uh i'll try and get through i think maritimes area down to ontario i think is what we're thinking um we also heard that we could do a rec room tour of southern ontario so we were thinking of doing that. Yeah. Hopefully we can get that going. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, I definitely want to expand more Southern too. Yeah, for sure. They said I would only die. Oh, just like things in general? Oh my gosh, okay, well. Run me home, just the same. So many things. There's uh, this really awesome podcast uh, called Violating Community Guidelines. Uh, Brittany Broski and Sarah Shower, and they're entertaining me so much these days. It's a really great podcast. And also uh, Manchester Orchestra, the new album. Yes! Oh my god, it's so good. Uh, that was keeping me afloat like last fall, winter kind of area. Yeah. Awesome. So good. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you going to their... Oh my god, go! Wait, come with me! I have a second ticket. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to meet somewhere. <laughs> but we're, it's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. I love journaling and like that kind of stuff. And one thing I guess I always have to think about is like what I would say to future me because I always wonder, like, I know I always have stuff to say, like, things to tell yeah, myself in the true. past. But yeah, if you could, like, future... Milo, that's like standing on what day is it today? June sixteenth, twenty twenty-three. In the future, what do yeah. you think you'd have to say say to her? I would say to future Milo that you have it all inside you. Just don't be afraid to just be. Yeah, because yeah. I feel like I'm gonna need to hear that all the time. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, forever. Yeah. <laughs> Believe that. Don't make any plans because you don't know how your life is going to change in the next year. I would tell myself to have an end goal in mind, but know that everything is going to change beyond your control, and you don't know where you're going to end up. Because I would have never imagined I'd play this. Honestly, I never would have saw it. As a child, like, you have no idea. Yeah, no, I, I could have never. If somebody would have told me I'd play none. What did you see yourself doing? I don't 
don't know. Like, I do accounting during the day. <laughs> so I thought I was just going to be working a desk job my whole life. Yeah, kind of depressing, but this is what I want to be doing. Yeah, to me. And because I'm a firm believer that we all have blank pages whereupon we write the stories of our lives, albeit in different books, I asked our guests what title they would give the chapter of their life that they're currently in right now. I would call it And that's it. Thank you so much to Sydney Riley, Milo, and Frankie Flowers for agreeing to sit down and have a chat with us. We appreciate it ever so much. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And spoiler alert, Bijou and I did end up going to the Manchester Orchestra concert with Sydney. It was last night, and it was amazing. As avid concert goers, how could we say no? I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Absent Sounds here on CGEM 99.1 FM. Make sure to tune in next week because we got some more great interviews for you. My name is Weenie Mambo, and I'm signing off. Milo will play us out. I'll catch you next week. Bye. you